Mr. Martin, thank you for taking the time to be with me today. Um, you told me that you interviewed me mm. one time, I guess in 2008. It had to be 2008. Hey, correct. And you were over what committee at that time? Squash committee. Squash yeah, 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 yeah. I think you interviewed me. <laughs> I, I interviewed you. Is I that think right so. Again? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I think you wanted to get to know all these different sections of the club or something like that. That's right. Yeah. I wanted to know all the different committees. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That sure did. So, it's the second time now. Second time. That's fantastic. Yeah, so, it's yeah. been, wow, that makes it almost what? 12 to 13 years? 13 yeah, years. Wow. God, and we wow. didn't get any younger. We didn't get any older. We stayed the same. We stayed the same. Yeah. Wow. But thank yeah. you again for no, doing no, this. No, thank yeah. you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, Martin. Yeah. Where were you born? I know where you were born. Because we did talk over lunch, yeah, but I want yeah, you to yeah, tell yeah. everyone else. Where were you born? Yeah, so fantastic place. I was born in Kobe, Japan. Mm -hmm. So my father was an uh, engineer in the shipping business. Okay. And you won't believe it. It was a Swiss company called Sulzer who built this huge engines for like the 300-meter ships right. worldwide. And of course, so my father was sent from Switzerland to Japan mm -hmm. to really build, have these engines built into these huge ships mm -hmm. in Kobe. So that's why, that's what brought him to Japan, 1950, 1950. 1950. Yeah, so it's basically five years after the war. But you were born when? Uh, 1958. 1958. Yeah, so, and you are yeah. born here? I'm born here. Yes, I'm born in here. Kobe. Yeah, yeah. And you told me you have two older sisters? Correct. They're eight and ten years older than me. That right. means they were not born in Japan. One right. sister was born in France and the other one in Switzerland. The younger one in Switzerland. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you stayed here for how long? I mean, you grew, you grew up in Japan. Yeah, first ten years of my life I was in Japan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Japan. Right. So I went to the German kindergarten and I went to the international school, the Maris Brothers in Kobe. Mm -hmm. And then I had just a fabulous time in Kobe with three clubs, three clubs in Kobe. I mean, you mean the private clubs? Private yeah. clubs, amazing. Yeah, like did, all, did all of them have pools? Uh, the Kobe club had a pool, and the Shoya club had a clue, uh, kind of pool, pool yeah, yeah. Uh, near Suma. The other one was the KRAC, still exists, I think. It does. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So that was unbelievable time. My yeah, goodness. So, so what are some of the, your happiest memories then when you were a little kid? I think I was, I won a, a race. I won, I was on the Mainichi Shimbun in okay. 1965 or six. I think. Okay. How old I was, were you at the time? I think I was eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, a little bit chubby then, but anyway, I made it. I won, <laughs> I won the race. What I kind came of race? Race. It was swimming. I think 50 meter race. Okay, all right. <laughs> or 100 all right. meter race. All right. Swimming, swimming. So okay. I was good in swimming then. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, so that was so I was in the newspaper. That's a great memory, mm -hmm. and also the rivalries between the Canadian Academy and Maris Brothers School. That was well, always big the fun. Canadian yeah, yeah. Academy. Yeah, yeah. That was big. Yeah, yeah. They were the biggest school. Weren't the they? biggest school, correct? Where this, How yeah. many kids were in your school? Do you remember? Oh, I think in my class there were about twenty. I'm sure about 200, 200, 200. 200 right. And it went all the way from K to twelve. Yeah. Correct, correct. K to 12. Yeah. And it was mixed, cool. It was mixed, mixed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what were the kids? The kids were expat kids, basically? At that time, yeah. expat, mainly expats. But what I heard now, it's the other way around. Right, right, yeah. yeah Did yeah, you yeah. have very, you had, you could count the number of Japanese on your hand. Yeah, correct. Because they right. had to be involved with the community. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how it was when I came here in yeah. 74. Yeah. It was still basically that way. Right. But the good thing was that my best friend was Japanese because he was my neighbor. So I grew up with him. Same year, same age, nearly the same age. So I grew up but with him. But he didn't him. go to your school? No, he didn't go to school with me. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. means you, 
kept your Japanese up most definitely because yeah, you could I not definitely. speak to him in Japanese. Exactly. I think my Japanese was better than my English. German or English, English. at that time. <laughs> well, at the school you had to speak in English. German? In English. In first English. in kindergarten was German. German and then school. the Maris Brothers primary school, the first year's primary schools were all in English, of course. Right, 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 right. Yeah. What are some things that you did as you got older? Because I heard a little bit about mm. the kids at the Canadian school Yeah, when they were young because they had a, it wasn't a mall, but they had an area where they could go where they had a fountain. Mm -hmm. All the kids would meet up or something. I think our our summer fountain must have been the Shoya Club, you know, okay. where, because there were a lot of expats living around the club. Right. It was two months of holiday, you know, with all the kids having fun at the Shoya Club. It's totally different now, but in old days, wow, that was I can't re I can't forget the summer holiday times. So what did you, you do know? then? I mean, it was it skateboards and skateboards and, and, and bicycle and, and, and swimming and tennis and God, what a life I had. <laughs> But you said your father was traveling all the time. Right? Uh, no, he was, well, within Japan, but he was working a lot. Yeah, okay, yeah okay. he was working a lot. So, right. yeah. And uh, what, you know, I had the club with right. my mother and all that and so a lot of friends. Of, but it was just you and your mother because your sisters were older. Yeah, they were older. They didn't, so you were yeah. raised almost like the only child. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Right? So they didn't, <laughs> they didn't really bother about me. Right. Because I also, we had two maids at home. Can you imagine those days with maids? That's right. Oh, my God. Because so, everything... Wait, do you remember the, no, you wouldn't remember the end to the dollar rate. Do you not remember the end to the dollar rate? No, It no. had to be 410 or something. Oh, already. really? Okay. Yeah, 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 so. But also when you were growing up, yeah. did, the Japanese were just starting to travel a lot. Exactly, exactly. And don't forget, Olympics 1964, the Shinkansen Open 1964. That's right, that's right. And I had the chance, the luxury to, to travel from Osaka to Tokyo in a Shinkansen. Yeah, 1964. Yeah, 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 so. And you that remember was, that? I course. remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and that, they also did the World Fair here too. They had the World... 1970. 1970. So my father did a big exhibition of his company at the 1970 Expo. I remember right. that. I remember that. I came back to Japan from Switzerland because I left Japan actually in 1968. How old were you then? 10 years old. 10 years old. Yeah. Okay. So I think I told you over lunch right. when I... <laughs> so I Kobe with about 1 million inhabitants, population right. of yeah. 1 million, going to, yeah, going to Switzerland with 3,000 people, you know, a village with 3,000 people. My God, that was a shock to the system. So I, I think I suffered for three months. You didn't speak German. Oh, you did speak <laughs> yeah, German. Yeah, but very broken kind of thing. And my accent was very non-Swiss German. So mm -hmm. I, I was like a outcast. Right, right, right. So it took me a year to recover, you know. Okay. I also had to go one year back. back. Yeah, but that made of, you older than everyone. So you were yeah, older than everyone. Correct. So did that work for you? Did you think? You know, and, and, you know the thing is, I, I always looked younger than my age. So mm -hmm. everybody so thought right. same age, and but actually I was older. It was a little bit confusing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the good thing, I'm still, you know, I, I looked always a bit younger. Right. But in, when you're young, you want to look older. That's so right. It, yes. it, it was negative in those days. You right. know, now it's the other way. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So did you have anything that you gravitated towards? Like any, any, any... Um, like math, science, or was anything like that? that you Geography knew? and history are like, yeah, exactly. it's really interesting. Because I think I came from Japan and then moved to Switzerland. So I was the only one that, as an international boy coming from a different country. Everything was very, you know, conservative, very small. So I think that, that made me a little bit 
wider thinking than others, you know, mm -hmm. and then after a while, geography and this and that, and then... So yeah, you really got engaged. I got engaged engage with that. And history, too, because I knew Japan and I knew Switzerland, so I'm getting to know Switzerland. Right. So you that, want to get to know yeah, history. Yeah, so that, yes, yeah, so that was really helpful, too. Do you still do that? Do you still... I still, I still read books. I read books a lot on history and all that. What and, kind of uh, books? Well, uh, I like uh, Jared Diamond books. I just I'm reading the collapse now right now which is about what it's about humankind human history why societies collapse what are the reasons why big societies like, like Inca and the Romans and all that right. fabulous book just in the last third of the book it's now, called it collapse called? collapse 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 Jared Diamond when did he write it when did he write it uh, 2003, I think, okay. so four. So yeah, 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 yeah. And the other book I also like, Guns, Germs, Steel. Yeah, yeah, I yeah that, that one. That's that was the same one. Same author. Same yeah, author. That's yes, great. yes. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah. So these kind of books are really interesting. It really opens you up and it, it, it connects you with the history, with the old part, new part, mm -hmm. and really makes you think, you know, the world is a really interesting place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you stayed in Switzerland yeah. until you were how old? 25. 25. So 10 because to 25, Switzerland. And you had to serve in the military. Military, because yeah, yeah, it's compulsory. That's compulsory, correct? Yeah. Right. And you, t I, I was thinking it's years, but it's what, a year and a month? What a year and the, in the army? Yeah. Yeah. The, the basic part everybody has to do is seventeen right. weeks. So, continue for one or two years if you want to, but majority of the people they just wait. You said seventeen weeks. 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 But then weeks. what happens in Switzerland is that every year you have to go to the army for three weeks okay. between twenty and thirty years of age. Right. And then every year, two weeks from 30 to 40, and every two years from 40 to 50 for 10 days. So basically, you're in the army until you're 50. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of that system is that you're always updated with all the technology, yeah, all yeah. the new equipment. Right. I didn't do that. I, did, I only served two, three weeks terms because I left Switzerland for Japan. Okay. So that's no problem to get out of the army. It's not compulsory. Two oh, exactly. courses, not compulsory. Unless you live in Switzerland, you've okay. got to you get to be do there. that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is, is that because they, they remember their history and how everyone tried to get into Switzerland and, and they were able to keep everyone out? You know, we are very uh, stubborn defense-wise, you know. Right. Uh, we don't but want you're surrounded to... by all these mountains, too. So exactly. That helps a lot. You know, right. that helps a lot. It's very, you know, it, it doesn't really help you just to conquer mountains. You know, you also get, need some valleys, you know, <laughs> in some cities. So, but I think that helps too, because the right. defense system is so strong. I mean, right. uh, yeah, so, but, you know, I, you know, I think we talked about it. The army, right. at the beginning, it was tough, you know, but right. I think at the end, I was really proud of myself right. to go through it, you know, right. because in my division, there were really people giving up. And it, they have to they have to be blessed by you know really by by the not by you know, religious not a religious you have to be the doctor has to look at you mentally if you're mentally stable or not to get out of the army okay and if not you have to stay on okay it's very strict and uh, you know unfortunately we had accidents people died I mean it's right. a real the real thing it's a real so it's it's it really tough so we yeah. I grew up I, I became an adult I became a man overnight That's what, they want to make yeah, yeah. what about for the women. Women, it's nowadays possible for women. It's not compulsory, but women can also join the army. What about before? Before, no. My time, no. I think only that's, men. Only so, men. Yeah, yeah. I think the last 10 years that has changed. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But there, you know, people always think, why does Switzerland have an army and all that? What do the young people think about the army? Every year, every three years, I think, they have a referendum asking mm -hmm. the people. And you won't believe it. 70% of the population is for the army, to have an army. Because they know the history. It's, they know the history. They know the history. It's it's just fabulous in a way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. during during the the German expansion, 
That's the one area they couldn't get into. Yeah, exactly. They had to leave them alone. They said, okay. Yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> worth it. They said, all right, we'll leave you alone. You do whatever you're going to yeah. do. We'll come back to you later. Yeah, and they yeah. never could get that later. Exactly. So, That's interesting. Yeah. And talking about the, the, the war, you won't believe it. My father was, there were only three ships during the war, three Swiss ships. Mm -hmm. I mean, ships sponsored by the government going from Italy to Brazil to get sugar and coffee. Okay. Only three ships. And on one of the ships, my father was sailing, or not sailing, but going back and forth during the war, 1942 to 45. Mm -hmm. The risk was so high, you know, with the Germans in right, the Mediterranean right. Sea. So he remembers when putting another flag up and down when the Germans came mm -hmm. and all that. So he, he's, he, he said he could have died any time. Wow. So, and still took that so risk. he took that risk for three years. So, so that was, and then he was so well knowledgeable about engines, you know, for three years. Mm -hmm. So that took him to Japan later on mm -hmm. to really make sure that their engines, you know, they could be like 60, 70 meters long engines mm -hmm. for these 300 mm -hmm. meters boats, ships. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a tremendous. Did you ever get to see any of Yeah, yeah, I did. I was at oh, uh, launches and all that. That's great. You know, when they launched the bottle of champagne yeah, into yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was a little kid. So that was fantastic. <laughs> that was neat. That's neat. So what got you back to Japan after you went to Switzerland and you had to come back? Uh, interesting, interesting so point. So in 1968, okay. why I got into the hospitality business in 1968, you know, I was on my way back from Japan to Switzerland, mm -hmm. but we made a stopover in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, I was 10 years old. We stayed at the famous Peninsula Hotel, you know. I've been there. So like, oh, wow, you looked at the lobby and, and it was just an amazing atmosphere. So I thought, this is something for me, you know, this is globalization. You know, the word globalization didn't exist yeah, then, right. but this is, wow, this is something I want to do. But your yeah. dad wanted you to become. Sorry? Your dad wanted you to become yeah, you know, a yeah, doctor. That's, yeah. No, right. actually, not a doctor, but he, he never. And banking. Yeah, banking. He wanted you to be a banker, banker, yes. Banker, yeah, banker. So, but he didn't want you to get into hospitality. No. So, but then the thing is, uh, my, both my grandparents, they were running a restaurant in Switzerland. So I think, you know, they say something. But you, but you didn't did, know that. Did I didn't you? know that really. So, but then um, I think it's in my DNA. Okay. And, and the other thing is my mother was working in a restaurant too, where my grandfather was. So, you know, it's that, that side of it. My father was the engineer. My mother was the hospitality. Right, okay. So, and I was the pure hospitality person. So, you know, so, so I, I tried everything uh, in terms of getting a job. I also wanted to be a designer on infrastructure. That's such a funny story. When I was 16, infrastructure, you know, highways and oh, roads and streets, infrastructure. Okay. And such a funny story. So I was there 16 years old and going through a test. So the score for mathematics was perfect, but zero possible 3D. You know, I couldn't. Conception, you couldn't exactly. You couldn't do that. So my father said, just give it up. I said, okay, got it. And then oh, I tried a few other things, but. It's, but you're telling me about the peninsula. You went in there yeah, and everything was yeah. really huge. That made you want to get into... Yeah, that made you. The first impression, I think that stayed on. I only realized that later, you know, when you're 10 years right, old. Right, right. You but it then but that came, it came back to me like, wow, that hotel, yeah, you know, peninsula, you know, the word. And it's just amazing. That impact, it really had an impact on me. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, so then when you came back to Japan, how did you, get, how did you come back? Yeah, the Japan? thing is, uh, during hotel school, I did hotel school in Lausanne. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so, which is kind of a, you know, it, within Europe, it's, it's really high level school and it's, and it's Cornell level in the States, you know, so the Cornell and Lausanne are very, 
very competitive in different ways, but yeah. in the hospitality business. And uh, so uh, there are always three courses you have to do. There's there's a theor theoretical part, and there's a, um, a you know part you have to go out to a restaurant, a hotel to learn your trade. Mm -hmm. So first year you have to do the kitchen, second year you have to do service, waiter, and the third year you have to work at a reception. So I thought the third year I'm going to get out of Switzerland. Why not Japan? Okay. <laughs> so I got the chance to work at the old Hilton in Akasaka. You remember that yes, one? Yes, actually, yeah, yeah. yes, because it turned into yeah. Tokyo. Or Tokyo, Tokyo, yeah. Tokyo, right after that. So I was there. Oh my God! I came in the summer, July, Would nineteen, you? all alone. That was nineteen eighty-three. I came. Eighty-three. Well, at that time, as, they as, an, as an intern, as an intern. Okay, but where did you, which restaurants were you in? I was at the front desk mainly, oh, front, front desk, desk okay. and bell desk and all that. Mm -hmm. So. God, that was unbelievable experience. So, uh, and it was just the six months before the closing of the Hilton, uh, before okay. oh, it came. Wow. So then the, uh, there was a famous Swiss general manager there at the time, and he said, Martin, what are you doing? I was like, just be one week before I was leaving. I said, well, well, I have to go back, finish my school. Ah, come on, you just, you don't need that. And, ah, no, 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 I have to go back, I have to go back. Okay, let's do it like this. When you come back, join us for the opening for the Shinjuku Hilton. So I already had a job before I finished school. Wow. So that was so I think, you know, wow, this is great. I couldn't refuse and I didn't want to refuse because I had such a fabulous time working at the old Hilton. My God, it's just, you could feel the, the omotenashi. Mm -hmm. it's, just, mm -hmm. uh, it's just very special. Plus me being born in Japan, I just felt am I at the right place, you know, to, right. to, to grow up in my career. So. Mm -hmm. And that brought me back to Japan and, working my first job at the Hilton in Shinjuku, okay. 1984. And you did you stay <laughs> continually after that? I stayed uh, four years at the Hilton in Shinjuku, then okay. moved on to the Nagoya Hilton, also okay. an opening in 1989. Right. Then I left Hilton and moved on to, uh, to work for a Japanese company, high-flying old, uh, you know, uh, leverage, high-flying leverage company called EIE. doesn't exist e anymore. E okay. There was a famous gentleman who was running their company, owned the company, Takahashi-san, and uh, it, it was fabulous. I was based in Sydney, but I was then later on Sikona to Bali mm -hmm. as a project manager mm -hmm. for the Four Seasons Bali. So from Sydney to Bali, and this, this EIE company, it, it was unbelievable. Private meetings, private jets, you know, flying from Bali to another and city. That? I did that. And I was 30, 31. Wow. And okay. so this, this company was so high flying. You know, one day they were in Beverly Hills. They bought the Beverly Hills Hotel. The next day they flew to Paris. They bought another hotel. They spent so much money. And I was part of that. <laughs> and he had, he had three private jets. And it was just too much. And it, that's one of the reasons. You know, the returns were not enough and it collapsed. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the experience... It was just fantastic. And coming from Japan, getting into Sydney. Sydney was kind of an international, well-organized city. But then from Sydney to Bali, what an eye-opener that was. In the year 2000, uh, 1990, sorry. 1990. Yeah, they hadn't gotten developed yet. Right? It was so crazy fun. I learned so much okay. because I was a greenhorn, totally greenhorn. I thought I knew something, you know, learned in Japan. But <laughs> getting into Indonesia... Wow, it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Fantastic people. And then from there, what happened? Then after that collapse, were you there during yeah. the collapse? 
Uh, it was the beginning of the collapse. So, uh, I mean, were you there till they collapsed? Uh, yeah, the, no, no, the story is not ending there okay, yet. Yeah, so yeah. they were on the starting to collapse, you know, mm -hmm. the stock market collapsed in right. 1991. And then, mm -hmm. but 92, I, you know, I knock, knock, knock door on the door uh, in Bali, um, Hyatt International said, Hey, Martin, we need a guy who speaks Japanese and we need a guy in, for the Park Hyatt in Tokyo. They said, you know, Park Hyatt Tokyo said, no, I don't want to go back to Japan. I just left Japan two years ago. You know, I want to experience different things. No, 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 we really need you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I landed back in Japan, worked for the Park Hyatt Tokyo as a project manager. Before they collapsed? No, that, no, that, that was Park Hyatt. It was a totally different story. I know that. So right? the, the Park Hyatt is owned by Tokyo Gas. Right. So I left that EIE company. Right. Before joined, they collapsed? Before they collapsed. Okay. And I joined Hyatt for... Park Tokyo, mm -hmm. two years term project manager. And then, then what happened is they hired, I didn't have the right opportunity with Hyatt to do, I want to go back into operations. I'm also an operations guy, you know, mm -hmm. management, I like that rather than only project. But Hyatt didn't have really something suitable or something I really wanted. So this former company, EIE, mm -hmm. said, hey, Martin, we need somebody in Ho Chi Minh City. <laughs> What about general manager for our hotel in Ho Chi Minh City? I said, wow, that sounds exciting, but really? What? <laughs> I just came back from Southeast Asia. Why go back? You know? uh, but wow. So I, I took the opportunity, first general manager job. I was 35 mm. and I uh, said, go for it. And <laughs> wow. So I stayed seven years in Vietnam. After that, seven what years. What year was this, 1990s? Nin I came to Vietnam in 1994. Because they were just opening up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Bill Clinton just opened up uh, the uh, the commercial, the embargo, right, right. trade embargo, mm -hmm. in January 1994, and mm -hmm. I came September 1994. Mm -hmm. So you just, just opened. Wow, what an experience that was. It was dramatic. But they were, but, but they were really ready. That was what? Sorry? They were, the, the Vietnamese were really ready to oh, bring yeah, this yeah, on. Yeah, they yeah. Were, yeah. And I heard it was fantastic. It was. I loved it. It was. You've got to be on your toes. You're you know, yeah, because they're people... so smart. You know? yeah. and <laughs> I said, you know, I thought I was good on Excel spreadsheets at that time. You know, it I'm still fun. good now. But, right. but Jesus, just, I told them something. The next day it was done. They were. They were hungry. Hungry. That's the difference. You know. They were hungry. They were so they hungry. They wanted to prove their worth. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but you know, when I arrived in Vietnam. Two weeks, they were behind my toes and see every restaurant everywhere they checked on me, like, you know, KGB kind of thing. Right. That was so scary. I knew exactly they were spying on me for the first two weeks. I couldn't make a mistake where to go in the wrong place. Right, right, so, right. <laughs> but in, in, you've got to be, you've got to be um, uh, careful in Vietnam is with the government, you know. Right, and right, of course, of course. Rules and regulation. Country, yeah, right. exactly. So I learned a lot. Right. Learned a lot, and you've yeah, got yeah. to go with the stream, and don't right. go against don't, the stream. Don't, don't even look like you know, you're going and the stream. you've got to play the game there, otherwise you you will lose out. So right. I learned a lot on that part. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so then from there, where did you go from there? Yeah, and and, and then you I, you know, I I opened a, a company with partners in Vietnam. It didn't go so well, and then one day I said, hey, actually my partner said, I think you deserve something better than Vietnam. I said, yeah, well, I know, I some tough years, you know, it, it, it looked, you know, in 97, mm -hmm. there was the Asia crisis, mm -hmm. so everything went downhill and it was really tough. So I think you, you deserve something better. And then I, you know, and then a headhunter, you know, called me up and said, hey, we need someone in Japan who speaks Japanese. <laughs> 
yeah, again. So I said, oh, really? God, wow. And then, but, you know, it was time. It was time to leave, you know. I was there a bit too long, you know. Okay. How long were you in Vietnam? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. You think that was so, too long? I think so because it's a stressful place because you never know how the government, what they're going to do, right? Tax, everything, any, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you a lot of stories there. Right, right. But I learned a lot. But it's just you know you've got to move on when you feel like you've got to move on. Mm -hmm. So and then uh, yeah, I came back uh, to Japan for for the Oakwood service apartment. And how long were you with Oakwood? Seventeen and a half years. That's what I thought. So, yeah, I thought that was yeah. pretty long. That's why I thought yeah. you were still with Oakwood. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so. you said you've left them three years ago. Two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, yeah. So my yeah, yeah, so. And that's why you're here. That's why we're here. Yeah, yeah. Global Treehouse. Here's where. Global Treehouse. Tell me a little yeah. bit about Global Treehouse. Global Treehouse is very unique. Uh, it's actually it's a membership based mm -hmm. business community. You know, trying to make better leaders. Mm. whether they're Japanese leaders or foreign leaders. It's based on meditation, mind fitness, mm -hmm. and innovation. Mm -hmm. So we have this innovation methodologies. It's incredible. Uh, these were conceptualized by previous Steve Jobs' uh, previous assistant okay. called Keith Yamasha. He conceptualized these 12 different modules giving mm -hmm. situations and companies on how to improve okay. or see a new direction. Is this more developing your EQ versus your IQ? I would say so. Yeah. So yeah, you, because yeah. I think they've found now that people that truly excel mm -hmm. in business and in life yeah, yeah. have a very high EQ. Yeah. Because IQ is subjective. It depends on what you're studying as mm -hmm. to how high your IQ is. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So yeah, that's interesting. So, so you do it in different in different areas to try to get. Yeah. So you know, I with Oakwood, mm -hmm. I was here seventeen and a half years. You know, I kind of when I came. To Japan, there was one Oakwood, so I could build up the Oakwood brand in Japan. So I like new things. So how that's many, why. How build, how, when how I, when I left, there were thirteen buildings. And you started at one. At one, yeah. So I just I like new things, building up new things, and this is global trias. It's actually it's global, so we're trying to be global. It's the right. first one here in Japan, but we want to branch out to New York, London, all the cities. And what's your position here? Because I just met the president. Yeah, yeah, the president. Yeah. So uh, my position is general manager in charge of the you know. Okay. Whole operations of this place, uh, so it's it's very unique. It's very different. The people we hire are hospitality people, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so it's it's still what I love is hospitality, but it's very different and it's something very interesting. And it's really uh, trying to really trying to come up with concepts to improve to make better leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it sounds easy, but uh, of course it is. Uh, You're dealing with but people. We yeah, it's 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 people, and uh, but it's a fabulous concept, and uh, so it's a membership-based uh, mm -hmm. community here. But it's really focusing on on corporates. Okay. So eighty percent of the memberships are corporates. Then we have mm -hmm. individual memberships mm -hmm. as well and community memberships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so of course, COVID nineteen doesn't really help. That is no because we need people to come to our space. But you can't have so many people. Exactly. So, but we're doing this year better than last year. So, we really, we're we're this. You know, everything was so good until March, Til April, and boom. And but we're very confident. September after the Olympics, with the vaccination rate being mm -hmm. higher and higher, mm -hmm. I think it will, people are. We have a lot of inquiries now mm -hmm. for memberships and event space. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really going to take off in a good well, way. Yeah. I can see you really into this now. You just started. <laughs> you started two years now. You've been two yeah. years doing this. Only yeah. So yeah. what do you see for the future? In general terms. In uh, general terms, because I know you're going to. Yeah. I know your business term. You're going to make this. Surpassed Oakwood. Yeah. 
in what you're dealing with it. But mm. what do you? What about yourself? What do you see for the future for you? I, you know, I. I'm very bad in taking holidays, so I like to be active, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is probably not always good. You know, everybody needs a break. But what I like, what I'm trying to say is, I like to be active. I like to do new things, uh, innovative. I like challenges. And uh, but I think um, Japan is it's such a great place, having such a great base to work with great people. And but I think the next step is how to improve. You know, on okay. on on innovative service on creativity, yeah. uh, whether it's for our staff or for our business leaders. I think mm-hmm. it's just breaking out of this, this how do you say, this homogeneity sometimes okay. and the company structure. Mm-hmm. And we're very successful. We have companies here now, they love our concept with these, mm-hmm. uh, we call them bento boxes, innovation tools, these mm-hmm. kits. They've never seen such a thing. And uh, mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, everything takes time. But I think these innovation tools are so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's a one-day course, four to six hours. You get so much into it. It's it's a self-guided. You t- yeah, it. yes. It's how many times self- have you done it? Three times. Yeah. Wait, how many times can you do it? Oh, uh, every company gets five bento box tools. You can do it as many as you want. We have twelve different modules. Are these kind of like games in a way? It's it's like uh, yeah, it's like a. Tools, learning tool, team tools, working workshops. It's a, a workshop. Do you need a facilitator? We have. Uh, it's it's a guide on the beginning telling you what to do, but it's all self-guided. The paper is A size, A one size, and mm-hmm. it tells you exactly what to do. You need a referee. You need a timekeeper. You need this. Gotcha. And that. Okay, okay. So you have, yeah, you have and we have the guides come in and seeing if everything's going the right way. Oh, and so all that's that. part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. And but, you have to do it here. You can't do it. Oh, no, that's a very good point. So because our space is limited, as you can see, mm-hmm. our next step is now doing a virtual bento box. We're working on that virtually so we can have an online session in London, in New York, all at the same time with these uh, innovation tools. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. That would be fabulous. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we just created, we're going to launch an app of our company in, mm-hmm. in ours. To me, yeah. What are your hobbies? Uh, I love squash. I, I play at the left American Club. It's mm-hmm. a great place to be. I play three or four times a week, mm-hmm. mainly on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to stay fit. Uh, but then I, I also like to read. I like to, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, I like to listen to music okay. or uh, watch sports. Right. But so I, I, what kind of music are you into? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, you don't like, want to say. I know. No, 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 no. no, no. Right away. Is rock? Is it's rock. You know, the old days. Yeah, you yeah, like yeah, the rock. Yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. like the rock. That's why you're yeah. laughing. That's, you know, my, my heart is still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but again, you know, sports is I think is very important. You mm-hmm. know, for everyone, but right. also the older you get, it's keeping right. you active. I like to be active, and uh, yeah. So right. before we close yeah. out, Martin, mm-hmm. I want you to do this. How do you stay? Because we had a conversation. How do you stay nice, lean, and mean? You don't have to go to the extreme you went to, but what is the secret to you staying the way that you are? Because you're almost my age, you're nice and lean, but you told me you were chubby for yeah. for a little while there, yeah, 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 where yeah. you kind of tipped the scale, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, you weren't so happy with yourself. Yeah. How do you, I mean, is it strict diet? Is it, it mm. I think, think? Uh, yeah. good okay. question. Well, it's, it's not a diet per se. I mean, I, I was once, you know, I think we started about nearly 90 kilos, wow. But and you're, not, I, I felt, you're only 175. Yeah, 76. Yeah, 76. So I, I felt chubby all around. You know, I felt like a little Michelin tire. You know, <laughs> you know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't like that at all. So I said, "Geez, what can I do?" So uh, okay, sports. Sports is one thing. You know, and in the early days, my mother helped me. You know, just you know, controlling the food, the diet. But now, what I do now is just eat less, or 
don't eat that kind of food, which is not really good for calorie-wise. So okay. it's very disciplined. It's all mental. But you're not on the all-carrot diet? No, or not all at all. Not at all. Orange diet or yeah. low-carb diet? Nothing like that. I yeah. eat everything. Whatever so what I, what I always like to tell people how to lose, uh, lose weight is don't get frustrated. The main thing is just reduce everything you like you can eat, but just reduce the volume day by day. And your body will just adjust to the new portions, new volumes. You don't have to cut everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I still eat my chocolate. I love, I'm a Swiss. I have to eat sweets, chocolate, ice cream, you know, I, I, and I still have to eat my pasta, you know. Right, right, right. So I don't cut anything, but I just eat less. And then there are do sports. And I also drink. So, you know, drinks do have a lot of calories. But so when I eat and when I drink, let's say beer or wine, I eat less food. So I have a balance on that. Mm. I don't do both, extreme drinking, extreme food. Wow. Martin, thank you for the time. No, thank you. Wow, that was really fast. That was fantastic. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Remember, it's all on loan. Continue to reach for the stars. And you're too blessed to be stressed.